Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for listening in on this episode of Say Why, now available on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Um, so I'm really excited for this episode. I feel like I'm excited for all my episodes, by the way, but <laughs> this is an interesting one just because, you know, those of you who've sort of followed my personal story, you will be aware that obviously I've been completing my master's um, as a Schwarzman scholar at Tsinghua in China. Um, a bit of background, right? Tsinghua is like the top university in China, basically. It's like it's the Harvard or MIT or whatever you think the th- top university is in the world of china and that's just amazing i think it ranks like 16th globally so i was very privileged to go on a scholarship there to do my master's so yeah um the Schwarzman program for anyone who's interested you know i'm happy to have a conversation around it i think it's something i I definitely encourage people to apply for and try and be part of so you know great stuff all around um so what i thought would be good was i spent the last 10 months as a part of this program right and it's you know it's changed my life like i'm not even being dramatic when i say that it's genuinely i can honestly and truly say that this program has changed my life and you know it was 10 months long i i officially graduated in about nine days so i'm very excited but yeah um what i thought would be good would be to do the cheesy sort of 10 lessons from 10 months at schwarzman so that's the title of this episode 10 lessons from 10 months at Schwarzman. Um, honestly, the program, I just, it, it, like, it, I don't know how to describe it, right? It was a melting pot of different cultures, backgrounds. Like, it was just, it was an intense 10 months, right? Um, and despite, you know, COVID sort of trying to ruin everything, um, it, 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 it came together nicely. Um, so, yeah, I thought, you know, as I approached my graduation and, you know, my completion of the program, I thought it'd be good to just sort of do 10 lessons um, from my time at the program. Um, yeah. So I'm drinking this beautiful Daos Cabernet Sauvignon um, 2017 vintage. Honestly, y'all, let us get on this wine train. Let us drink. Let us be merry. I just feel like 2020 has been so difficult. So, you know, get you some wine kick back and listen to me <laughs> just you know be me um so yeah lesson one um this is a bit of a good one well to be honest all the lessons are good it's just this one is a bit tame because some of the lessons are spicy uh you understand when i tell you the lesson but lesson one is you will find friends in the weirdest places so something that i've really struggled with as a person is actually making friends like i'm i'm despite the fact that i am social I'm not necessarily, I don't necessarily find it easy to make friends. And by friends now, I don't just mean, oh yeah, I met you one time and then I followed you on Instagram. I mean, like genuine people that I would call if things weren't going my way. You know how, like think of all those times you have a really hard day and you need to call someone to just cry and just be you. I don't have many of those kind of people. And I think something the program really blessed me with was true friends, right? Like friendships that I actually want to invest in. Friendships that I I genuinely want to put time and effort into maintaining and growing. Like, you know, people that I would be there for come hell or high water. And I know they would be there for me too. So, I mean, I remember when I was going to China, a lot of people were like, what do you mean you're going to China? Like, who goes to China? What are you talking about, right? Um, so it was such a weird experience for me going to China, like from a, from a, like culturally, I would say China is kind of similar to Nigeria in terms of like that need for respect and that kind of thing. Um, Chinese culture has that Nigerian thing of, you know, respect for elders, respect for family, that kind of thing. But 
outside of that, you know, Chinese culture is so different from anything that I've ever experienced in my life. So I, I, um, for me, China was a weird place and I, I committed to learning as much as about the place as possible. You know, I mean, it was just, it was such a weird experience and weird is not a bad thing. Weird is just different. Right. Um, so I, I mean, I've made friends within the college. I made friends, people that I genuinely like, people that I genuinely care about. And even outside of the college, right? Those of you who know me will know that I run races. I do marathons and things like that. I made friends with like actual Chinese people outside of the college. Um, I, I made friends with a guy who just every weekend goes, finds like a mountain or a trail or something and just runs like marathons on the weekend for no reason, you know? So like I, I, I found friends in the weirdest places and I, I think, you know, there's something to be said for those kinds of friendships because those kind of friendships push you out of your comfort zone, right? They make you want to, they make you want to try. They make you want to be better, you know? They make you, like, you know, as human beings, we get so comfortable in our own spaces. The beauty of these friendships in weird places is, you know, it really lets you consider a different point of view, a different standpoint, a different idea. Um, so yeah, lesson one is, you will find friends in the weirdest places and, you know, you have to love those friends and embrace that experience. So, yeah, lesson two. Um, this is a bit of an interesting one. I think this speaks specifically to my personality as a human being. Um, lesson two, backing down is fine. So let me give a, a bit of background, right? Before I went to Schwartzman, I was working in, I was in the corporate world and as a black woman in a predominantly white male space, you know, I had to fight for myself a lot. I'd have to, I had to, you know, assert myself more than I would have liked to. And that's excluding the fact that I'm already a naturally, you know, assertive person. So I, I was going through this phase where I was struggling within myself to understand how to pick my battles, how to, like, I'm a crusader, right? I'm that person that I'm always on a cause. I'm always trying to do something, be something, help something, fight something, you know, like I just, you know, trans rights I'm fighting for, gay rights I'm fighting for, um, women's rights I'm fighting for. I've, I've always been a crusader. I'm that person that if things aren't going well for you, call me. I want to, you know, help you with that thing, right? I'm a crusader. And the downside of being a crusader is if you don't learn quickly, you will burn out, right? You, you're fighting every day. You're struggling every day. Eventually, you burn out. Like, you will burn out. Like, it's, it's not even a curse or anything. It's just a fact. And one thing I'm grateful for with the program is the program taught me how to pick my issues. So instead of being the person at every protest for trans rights, gay rights, you know, Black Lives Matter... Uh, women's rights, all of these things. I'm learning how to pick the issue I actually care about and focus my energies on that. I mean, yeah, I'll support every other issue, but I, I learned how to focus my energy. I think maybe I should change this lesson from backing down is fine to focus your energy. I think focus your energy is probably a better way to phrase it. Like, it's so easy to get distracted trying to be everything to everyone and every cause, right? But sometimes you got to pick the thing you want, like the thing that matters the most to you or whatever, and go with that, right? You can't focus your energy on a thing. It's, it's the thing, right? Jack of all trades, master of none. You know, pick a trade, pick a cause, pick, like focus on that thing and go with the thing. So that's lesson two. <laughs> lesson three. Um, okay, don't judge me for this one. But lesson three, 
Calling your ex in a dark time will only make the time darker. So again, like, you know, I, I, I was doing like, I woke up one day and decided I was going to China. It was like, okay, cool. We're going to China. Bye. Um, so obviously the relationship I was in kind of, it ended. Right. Um, and I think I've spoken about, you know, my exes on a previous episode. So, you know, I like to believe it's all love now, but when, when I moved to China and bearing in mind, you know, I'm Nigerian, my family's in Nigeria, my family's in London. Those are two time zones that are so different. Like I think the time difference between China and, and London and Lagos is seven hours and eight hours during daylight savings time. So I, I genuinely felt like distance wise and um, time wise, I felt so far away from my friends and my loved ones. And so there was a period in China where I was actually very lonely. And I think, you know, I can say this now that I think I developed some mental health issues around depression and anxiety. I was, it was a very dark time. I felt very alone. I felt very sad. I just felt like, you know, the world was crumbling around me. And when you're feeling like that, right, your first instinct is to go to safety, to go to the thing that has helped you in the past, right? Like you go to safety. And for me at the time, my ex was safety because it was like, okay, this was someone that just six months ago, you know, there was genuinely a conversation about marriage on the table. So, you know, I would call, we would talk, but the issue with that is in a time like that, I was expecting intimacy, right? I was expecting relationship level intimacy. I was expecting, I was expecting behavior that you only really get if you're in a relationship with someone. So that just made an already depressed situation complicated. I don't know if that makes sense. And so by the time it was clear that obviously I wasn't going to get the intimacy that I was looking for, it just complicated that relationship. So now I have to deal with the fact that I'm out here depressed in China and the fact that, you know, someone who's supposed to be a good friend, you know, we're now struggling because there's a miscommunication around what I want and what the relationship actually is. Uh, I mean, everything's fine now. Um, thank Jesus. <laughs> but uh, it was a very dark time for me because I just, I, 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 I should have called my mom, basically. Um, I should have definitely called my mom. Uh, but I mean, yeah, lesson three. Calling your ex in a dark time will only make the time darker. And I, I, I mean, I don't know what everyone's personal life situation is. But for me, that's something I had to learn because... Yeah, that was not a phone call I should have been making at the time. So, yeah. So, lesson one, um, you will find friends in the weirdest places. Love and accept them. Lesson two, focus your energy. Um, it's okay to back down on certain issues. Um, number three, calling your ex in a dark time will only make the time darker. Lesson four. <laughs> lesson four is for the Nigerians. Um, um, lesson four is favor over labor. Um, for the non-Nigerians, that means sometimes luck is more important than hard work, basically. Um, so I've always been that kid that was good at school, right? Like I've always been that kid that studied hard. I've always been that kid that studied hard and worked hard and did all these things. Um, because like I come from a family where hard work is preached, like hard work is the prophecy, right? So I've always believed that. The only thing that matters is how hard you work. And I think it was at Schwarzman I finally realized, you know what? Yes, hard work is important, but like there's, there's an element of life that is based on luck. And, 
you know, you can't discount that. You have to pay attention to the luck elements. Like if you can manufacture your own luck, great. If you cannot, that's okay too, but you need to account for that, right? And the reason <laughs> this wine is so good. Oh, um, the reason why I, 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 I pick up this lesson and this lesson is very important to me is I'll give you an example. So there's a course, there was a class we had to take during my time at the program, um, a global affairs, very lovely class, very interesting. Um, and so they gave us this essay to write. It was a 10 page essay you had to write about like global affairs, global leadership, whatever. And I, I put my back into that essay. Like I, it took me a week to first of all, research what I wanted to say. Then it took me two weeks to write it. It took me three days to proofread this essay. And then I submitted it even a, one week ahead of the deadline. So basically I spent one month on this essay, if I'm, if I'm being very honest. And, you know, I, I really put my back into it. And I just, I, you know, I had my dad proofread the essay. I had two of my lecturer friends proofread the essay. So, you know, this was a work of art as far as I was concerned. I mean, I went above and beyond. I put a cover page. I had references. I, I went OTT on this essay. So, you know, I submitted one week ahead of the deadline because I thought, you know, surely that makes sense. And then when the de deadline hit, that was when I realized a lot of my classmates hadn't even started the essay and they had to ask the school for an extension. So first of all, guys who started late got an extension. Um, and I I'm not going to lie on some level. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> There's no incentive for people to work hard. Right. Um, so that was one. The second thing that pissed me off was I, I don't know what the grading system was, but basically when the grades came out, everyone got the same thing. We all got the same thing. I'm sorry. I realize, you know, this is competitive Fikayo talking, but I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I read some of those essays. <laughs> None of those essays deserve to be. <laughs> and I just, I just, like, I got the same. Oh, as you can tell, this is still a very touchy subject for me, but. I just, <laughs> I have so much to say on this particular topic because I was livid. I was angry for weeks. Shit. Nobody could talk. No, listen, I was mad as hell on this, right? I mean, don't get me wrong. I got a high grade, right? But the point is other people who didn't like, you know what? I'm going to leave this particular one. But the point I'm making is there is like in life you know you grow up you're told work hard you know be respectful be kind be all these things and you know i i don't discount that but there is something to be said for luck you know and i'm not saying like nobody has control over luck but don't don't forget that sometimes not everything is in your control right like there are times when you could have put your whole life into something and someone else only put two minutes of their day and then you all show up and it's the same thing for all of you. And that is a fact of life that you just have to accept. I don't know whose fault that is. I, it's just, it's a fact of life. Do what you will with that. So yeah, that's lesson four. Favor over labor or, you know, um, luck is also very important. That's lesson four. Lesson five. Um, lesson five is be true to yourself. Now, with lesson five, I, something I'm really grateful to the Schwarzman program for is I've learned how to accept myself 
and be honest to myself. Um, like I said, you know, I'm always someone who's struggled with the fact that I need to have a crusade. I need to have a cause. I need to be arguing for something, fighting for something, living for something. And, you know, I didn't necessarily like that part of myself. I, 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 I wish I was one of those people who could just chill, you know, like I'm like when I go on holiday, if I have holiday of two weeks, if I don't find something to do, I'm bored by day two. And I hate that fact about myself. I wish I was the kind of person who would just lie back and just chill and just not care. But I care. And for me, that was such an issue because I hated the fact that I cared. And I, I, I didn't know how to care properly. I don't know if that makes sense. But something I'm grateful to the Schwarzman program for is I've actually learned how to care properly. I don't know if that makes sense. But there's a way to care. There's a way to... There's a way to be present and i think i learned that during my time at the program and i'm so grateful for that i i think more importantly i learned how to accept the fact that i am someone who cares right like i i can't fight the fact that i care i can't argue about the fact that i care this is who i am i care and the issue is not how do you care less the issue is how do you deal with the fact that you care right you know so i i i learned how to just accept myself i think maybe the lesson should actually be accept myself um i learned how to accept myself if you will so yeah um that's lesson five be true to yourself be accepting of yourself um (laughs) lesson six by the way so i made a list of all these lessons i'm kind of reading them reading them out to you (laughs) lesson six is very spicy um lesson six (laughs) (laughs) even i'm kind of shy to say what i wrote down but you know what i'm already here i'm gonna say what i learned um (laughs) lesson six is you can actually go for longer than you think without sex (laughs) no (laughs) let me you know what let me explain because like i'm not a crazy person let me explain so like I said, before I, I went to Schwarzman, right, I was um, I was in a very loving, very beautiful, you know, relationship that was, you know, I was not physically starved. I don't know if that makes sense. That's all I'm going to say to that. Take from that what you will. Um, so, you know, moving to China was like, yo, it was the actual desert physically. And um, I, um, yeah, I, I struggled those first few months like listen i just physically could not deal you know that was very interesting for me yeah i mean (laughs) those first couple of months you know were really stressful for me but then i kind of focused those energies elsewhere like i got involved heavily with the program i set up a group to help people with like essay writing and stuff like that and i just diverted I diverted that energy elsewhere and it just, it just proved very helpful for me. So I just, I don't want to speak too much. <laughs> I don't want to speak too much on this particular lesson, but you know, just know that you're not as, um, <laughs> you're not as needy as you think you are. I don't know. I don't know who this lesson is for. I mean, I definitely learned it, but I just, I just thought to share that with the world because I feel like <laughs> that's a lesson everyone should know about one way or another. So yeah, interesting times. Do with that what you will. So that's lesson six. You can go for longer than you think without, you know. <laughs> I'm 
sorry. <laughs> Alright, lesson seven is <laughs> lesson seven is a very serious one. Sometimes lesson seven is sometimes showing up is enough. Right? I think for me, again, and I think this kind of blends in with like all the other lessons I've mentioned, right? Be true to yourself and all that. Like I'm the kind of person who's always desperate to leave an impact, you know, make it like I, I wanna be remembered. But you see, sometimes <sighs> Just show up, right? You don't have to be revolutionary or anything. Sometimes just show up and do the best you can. And, you know, don't overthink anything or overdo anything. Sometimes that's okay too, right? And I, I think that's a lesson that, especially we as millennials, right? Because we've grown up in a fast-paced, ever-changing world. And I think that's a lesson that a lot of millennials are still kind of struggling to learn. It's like, sometimes just show up. You know, show up, do what you can do and leave. You know, like you don't, you don't, you don't have to. It's not compulsory to change or, you know, you don't have to be that person. Sometimes just be a person in the audience clapping. You know, I I think for me, that was something I had to learn at the program because like, I mean, like I said, this program is very intensive, very intense. Right. And it's very, you know, I mean, I'm not saying this because I was there because I'm amazing. I mean, but it's a very type A program, right? Like everyone on this program is someone who's like killing it in one way or another, right? One of my classmates is a rocket scientist. Another one is a beauty project queen. Um, another one is like part of like UNICEF. Another person is like, you know, a UN delegate. Like it's such a, it's such a type A environment, type A competitive environment. And everyone's, you know, just out there trying to like make something for themselves and just be the best not just best version of themselves, but best of everything that is out there, right? So when you're in that kind of environment, like there's this need to compete and be better and be this and be that. And I just, it's okay sometimes to not be part of that. It's okay to, it's okay to just chill. You know, like I was here, I showed up, I did what I could and then I left. I I think for me, I was so grateful to learn this lesson because, you know, I'm the kind of person who's genuinely just trying to be everything. And I've struggled with that, right? Like part of the depression and anxiety that I've suffered is a consequence of this personality trait. So learning that lesson and being okay with the fact that, you know what, this is who I am, this is what I am. It's been great. It's been great. You know, I'm so grateful for that. Like, I mean... I know I complain about a lot of things, but this is something that I just, for me, this program really gave me a better perspective on who I am as a person. And I think for me, that's so key because like, if you don't have self-awareness as a person in this day and age, you have nothing. Self-awareness is probably one of the most important traits a person can have in today's society. And I feel like this program helped me develop a very acute sense of self-awareness and i'm so grateful for that and i mean when i say you know sometimes showing up is enough like for me so like i'm an old millennial (laughs) what i mean by that is you know i want to be in bed by 10 on a school night okay don't stress me don't stress me so something i realized was a lot of the my fellow scholars like to organize meetings and stuff like that and sometimes these meetings could run to like 11 30 in the evening I mean, don't get me wrong. I want to be part of like, you know, the people preventing climate change, but I would also like to fucking sleep. (laughs) So, you know, I I show up to the meeting, like old Fikaya would have wanted to be the head of that meeting, right? Like, oh, I want to be the person in charge of this. I want to be the person doing this. I want to be this. I want to be that. New Fikaya is like, all right, cool. Y'all text me what you need. 
I'm going to be in bed. I'll read it in the morning because you're not going to disturb my sleep. And that's okay too. Like I showed up. I was there. I, did, I, I don't have to be the person in the meeting controlling everything. I just have to be a person who was at the meeting and understood the purpose of the meeting, you know? So yeah, I'm... Mm. Mm. Yo, get on this one, get on this one, get on this one. <laughs> so yeah, sometimes showing up is enough. Um, lesson number eight. <laughs> lesson number eight is a good one for me. I um I'm still dealing with the side effects of this. So lesson number eight is a general life lesson. You are literally what you eat, right? Like lesson number eight is you are literally what you eat. So again, like I'm a very emotional eater. Like I'm that person. If I'm happy, I want a pizza. If I'm sad, I want spaghetti. I, if I'm if I'm whatever in the middle, I want wine. Like, I, well, first of all, I always want wine. You know, I own a podcast saying say wine, so you know that doesn't say much about my drinking habits. But the point is, I think we're now in an age where, despite the fact that people are living longer, they're not necessarily healthier, right? You know, obesity is rising at epidemic levels, um, and we're now in an age where I think you have to really pay attention to what you eat because you are what you eat. And, you know, you can you can do everything, but as long as you're not eating right, you're not going to be right. I don't know if that makes sense, right? Like, for example, I run marathons. I, like, on average, I run at least six miles a day. Six miles, no jokes. But then I go and eat three pizzas after. <laughs> And it's like, oh my God, what are you, stupid? But the point is like, you are what you eat. And, you know, what you're putting inside your mouth, inside your body, will manifest on the outside of your body. Like, I remember just being depressed and eating pizzas at McDonald's every other day. And I gained like five kilos. Now, first of all, I wasn't even light before, right? So I gained five kilos and now my whole family thinks, you know, I'm the person who got, you know, eight walls left of Humpty Dumpty. So, you know, that's depressing. <laughs> but the, the, the point is, like, you are what you eat. And what you're putting in your mouth, what you're feeding your body, will manifest on the outside of your body too. So, you know, I mean, that's just something that I had to learn the hard way. Like, and, you know, I'm a very picky eater as well. So even though the program served very healthy food, I would just eat rice. Right, because I didn't trust anything else, which in hindsight was very stupid of me, but c'est la vie. Um, so yeah, uh, you are what you eat. Uh, what you put in your mouth will manifest, like what you put inside you will manifest on the outside of you. Um, I think that's lesson number eight. Okay. So yeah, just going to recap. Lesson one is you will find friends in the weirdest places and you have to love and accept them and be ready to like, you know, find people wherever you can. Lesson number two, um, pick your battles, focus your energy, backing down is fine, whichever version of that you want to take. Lesson number three, calling your ex in a dark time will only make the time darker, okay? Lesson number four is favor over labor um, for the Nigerians. For the non-Nigerians, it just means, you know, sometimes luck is more important than hard work, basically. Um, lesson number five is be true to yourself, be accepting of yourself, be honest with yourself. Lesson number six, you can actually go for much longer than you think without sex. Um, I don't know who that lesson is for. I just felt the need to say that lesson. <laughs> I hate myself for writing that down. Lesson number seven, sometimes showing up is enough. Okay, sometimes just being present 
is enough. You know, you don't you don't have to be everything to everyone or everything. Sometimes just saying hi and bye is it's okay too. Um, lesson number eight. You are literally what you eat, right? Like what you put inside of you will manifest on the outside of you. Um, so yeah, that's lesson number eight. Lesson number nine is just like my perspective on wealth. And I, I, I think lesson number nine is wealth changes your perspective. Um, for the non-Nigerians. For the Nigerians, basically rich people move different. Like rich people, listen, rich people move different, Okay. Uh, but let me let me explain what I mean by that, right? Like what I mean, what I mean is, so something I'm really grateful for about the program was we got to meet like s- different people. Like I like you meet so many different people, and the one thing these people have in common is the fact that they've actually changed the world. They're visionaries, you know. I think one of the best events, one of the best meetings I ever had was with Robert Smith, who's like one of the richest like hedge fund managers like in the U.S and i was in awe of this man right i mean not just because he's wealthy right but the thing is i just feel like his wealth is a function of the fact that he thinks big i mean this guy started a hedge fund like when in the middle of a recession basically but you see i think the fact that he was so committed to the dream the idea the goal the whatever you know like he just for him it was like okay this is happening this is what i believe in this is this is this is you know and he just had this big dream this big vision this big idea and i just i found that so interesting to see that manifest even like stephen schwartzman who set up this program i mean i i think everyone should read his book by the way i think it's a beautiful book um just beautiful in terms of like there's lessons there and there's context for the lessons um also read ray dalio's principles um these guys are not paying me by the way i'm just i'm just i read these books and i think they're beautiful books so you know read them um but yeah i you know the thing is the people who become wealthy from where i'm sitting and by wealthy now i don't mean you know corruption or anything stupid like that i mean people who genuinely put their back into it and made their money by the way very specific context here these are people with such big dreams and big ideas and they're ready to die on the cross or on the hill of those ideas and i just i just i just feel like we don't talk about that enough Right, like to have a dream, to have an idea, and be ready to die for it. You know, like I reading Steve Schwartzman's book, and he talks about how you know he started the company, his company, um, um, uh, Blackstone, and he talks about like all the effort and the work and everything that went into it, and you you could tell that this was this was like this had to happen for him, right? And I just I just find that very interesting. Like I think wealth, just creating wealth. It's not just, oh, yeah, this is something I would like. It's, it's like, it's oxygen. I need this. You know, the same thing. I, you know, I followed Oprah's story. Like, these are people who had to, like, get it, you know, if you will. I'm not trying to be a motivational speaker. It's just something I learned. I don't know. I guess, again, like I said in lesson, like I said in lesson, <laughs> like I said in lesson four, favor over labor, right? So it may just be some of these people got lucky. But the point I'm making is to create the kind of wealth a lot of us dream of. The truth is a lot of us don't have the kind of stamina and, you know, tenacity that is required. And I, I don't mean that to be flippant. I don't mean that to be funny. It's a fact. Like, if you want that kind of wealth, if you want to create that level of wealth, you need to be do or die. Like, it's it's 50 cents, right? Get rich or die trying. Like, one of the two. Like, those are the only two options. And I, I found that very interesting. Like, 
speaking to Robert Smith was probably the most exciting thing. I mean, I spoke to Dambisa Moyo too, so I guess that also, like, I'm in love with that woman. Um, I just, I don't know what I would do. Like, she's just, she is my hero. Um, but I remember within, like, a week of being in the program, you know, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Robert Smith. And I, I just, I was in awe of this man. Like, the way his mind works, the way he's, like, this man is not thinking small. This is a man who's, like, thinking big. Like, okay, so what's the next thing? How, how does that thing affect this thing? You know, like, just big ideas and big dreams. And I just, I just feel like we, we can't afford to take that for granted at all. Like, it's, it's, it's very important. Um, if you're someone who's trying to be a billionaire, I think you really need to read these books and start to, like, adjust your mindset uh, for what is possible. So, yeah. That's lesson number nine. Um, rich people move different or, you know, wealth is just like wealth is wealthy. People have a very different outlook and, you know, take from that what you will. The last lesson, (laughs) this one, I think is just, I think everyone can relate to this is the last lesson is you only regret the things you don't do. So if I'm being honest, like sometime in October, I genuinely considered dropping out of the program. Like I just... I had to pack my bags and go home and just be done. But I was like, eh, what do I have to lose, right? I'm going to stick it out and I'm going to finish. And I'm grateful for that because the thing is, right, the only things, like, I, I was reading this book by a nurse who takes care of people on their deathbeds, right? And she was talking about how when she speaks to people who are dying, they always talk about their regrets at the things they didn't do. And I think that's so powerful. And that's something we probably take for granted sometimes like you only regret the things you don't do and you know i don't regret the fact that i finished the program i don't regret the i i you know i'm grateful that i i started and i finished like i have learned so much about myself about the world um and i just you know i have no regrets in that regard i i i think you know we tend to look at regrets as oh you know if i do it and i fail then you know i regret it but I think that that's not fair. You know, you can only know your regrets after the fact. Like regret is hindsight is twenty twenty, and that that can be said. This, the same thing can be said of regret, right? Like you you can only regret things looking back, right? So would you rather regret the thing you did and you didn't like, or the thing you didn't do, so you don't even know whether you liked it or not, right? Like you can only tell the outcome of something when you've done the thing. So how are you regretting something you didn't do? I'm going to stop climbing, like, I'm, this is becoming a bit of a word, you know, jumble. But the point I'm making is, sometimes do the thing, right? After you do it, then decide if you don't like it, right? I think we have a tendency to say, oh, I don't want to do this. But how do you know you don't want to do it? Like, you haven't tried, right? So I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity to, be, to have been a part of, to have been a part of the program. Like, I learned so much about myself. I learned so much about the world. I'm just so grateful for that. Um, so yeah, lesson number 10. Um, you only regret the things you don't do. So, you know, do it. And your chances of regretting it, you know, potentially go down just a smidge. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode. 10 lessons from 10 months at Schwartzman. Lesson one, uh, just to recap again. You will find friends in the weirdest places. Love them and accept them. Lesson two, backing down is fine. Focus your energies wherever you need to focus it on. Lesson three, calling your ex in a dark time will only make the time darker. Literally call anyone else. Call Jesus, I don't care. Um, But don't call your ex. Lesson four is favor over labor or, you know, sometimes hard work is more important. Sorry, sometimes luck 
work luck is more important than hard work lesson five be true to yourself be accepting of yourself be honest of honest with yourself lesson six <laughs> you can go without sex for longer than you think um again i don't know who that lesson is for just putting that out there lesson seven sometimes showing up is enough like all you have to do is be present you don't need to do anything else um lesson eight is you are literally what you eat like what you put in your mouth on the inside affect how you look on the outside so you know be very aware of what you consume right just pay attention to it I, I, I don't just need food even the stuff you watch online eventually you start to manifest the things that go in your body so be very aware of that lesson number nine rich people move different um so if you want to get wealthy you know pay attention to how rich people think or wealthy people think um again steve schwarzman's what it takes book is amazing ray dalio i think for me personally ray dalio's principles is hands down one of the best like i think everyone should read that book ray dalio's principles is beautiful he's also one of the sponsors um slash donors to the schwarzman program as well so you know that's amazing uh, but that book is fire read the book uh and lesson number 10 which is dearest to my heart is you only regret the things you don't do right so do it like just do it and you know live with whatever comes out of it because again the only thing you're gonna regret is what you didn't do so you might as well do it so yeah um thank you all so much for listening to this episode I love you so much and I'm just so grateful that you actually listen. <laughs> um but yeah, um have a lovely weekend. Um uh I guess wh- why am I stammering? <laughs> I'm going to go to drink go drink my wine. Y'all get off my line. Bye. <laughs>